Michelle Constant on SAFM. 15 past 7, and as you know, energy generation around the world is definitely moving towards renewable sources in response to the climate emergency and climate crisis. And it certainly is a crisis. More and more uh, countries taking a good hard look at it now that we move through COVID-19. Nevertheless, if we look at energy security and we look at things like wind farms, what does that mean for the environment? Because it's all very well to have a wind farm because you you're trying to save uh, the environment and climate change and the like. But what does it mean for the environment around you? On the line is Dr. Megan Murgatroyd, biologist at the University of Cape Town. Dr. Murgatroyd, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. Good morning, Michelle. So the question that we're talking to is a fascinating article that was about the fact that uh, wind farms cause danger to large uh, birds, particularly eagles and the like. What do we do? What is happening in this particular space? Yeah, they do it. And it's like one of those very unfortunate problems because, like you say, we need we need wind farms to benefit the environment. But um, there's this problem where birds, particularly large raptors, um, collide with them, which obviously ends up in a mortality. So um, we've been looking at this problem specifically for the Varroa's eagle a lot a large eagle found throughout South Africa. Um, we've already had about 14 mortalities of this bird on, on wind farms. Um, so we've been looking at how we can put wind farms in safer safer locations for the sake of this eagle um, and how we can understand how the eagle flies so that um, turbines can be put into locations where it's not, it's not very likely that the birds will fly into them. You can talk to us about how a wind farm operates. So describe that space for, for, for some people who may not have seen a wind farm, may not be aware of the actual process. I mean, yes, it is like a very old-fashioned windmill, but uh, obviously these, these uh, what would you call the, the, the actual turbines are massive and move quite rapidly as well. Sure, these turbines are huge. They're, they're normally around 200 meters tall. Or, and some are proposed to be even bigger. Um, the, the, they usually have three blades, which at the outer tip can be spinning up to around 290 kilometers an hour. So even though they look like these almost gentle giants in the environment, for a bird that's not familiar with that, they actually can be lethal. Yeah. Okay, so, so the, the, the tip could be moving over 200 kilometers an hour on one of those turbines. Yeah, and sure. So, so for a bird that's flying in that area and isn't, you know, it hasn't evolved in an airspace where it's aware of this danger, the moment that it makes contact with that tip, um, yeah. it'll, it'll either um, break its wing and fall to the ground and die, or it'll just be killed instantly. Do they get sucked in by the wind movement, or what's the deal? Yeah, there is an idea that they do. So there's this sort of like they'll be flying around in that area, and then there's a moment when it becomes they haven't necessarily made contact yet, but it becomes too late. So the bird can be almost they are sucked towards towards the blade, or they're often seen like sort of thermaling. So they'll be the the problem also for large soaring birds is that they use the same kind of air current. So they'll they'll be using the uplift, which is actually also driving the turbine around. Um, so they'll be thermaling in the location of the turbine and going around and around. And, and sometimes 
unfortunately missing those blades um, in a sort of close dance with them. But then, the, the yeah, the fatal impact can still happen. Okay, so it's been described as a green, green dilemma, where actually the more we try and go green, the uh, more we can also impact on society, or not society, but on the environment as well. What is the solution, for example, in this particular case? So in, in this case, um, we've been looking at uh, making a solution by tracking the birds. So we've been putting GPS tags on the eagles yeah. so that we can really get to know how they're flying, how they're using the environment, and we can predict that. So until now, developers have gone to a site and, and before installing any turbines, an EIA specialist will look at the site and look for eagle's nest, and then they'll just demarcate an area around that eagle's nest of about three kilometers and say, okay, we're not going to put turbines within three kilometers of the eagle's nest, which is fine, but eagles don't fly in that three-kilometer circle all the time. They actually... Like we said, they're using the uplift, and that uplift is determined by the topography. Yeah. So we can understand the uplift. We can understand the way the eagles are using it. We know the environment, especially if it's a new development. We can look. We can look at that topography, and we can actually use the GPS tracking data that we've collected on our project, and we've built that into a predictive program. So now we can um, make basically a collision risk map. And if a developer is interested in in putting turbines in a certain location, we can basically look at that topography and, and look at where the eagles' nests are in that area, and we can produce for them a collision risk map. So rather than just being these simple three-kilometer around-the-nest exclusions, it will actually look at, okay, well, there's cliffs here, and the eagles are likely to be flying along these cliffs and these certain features. And, and it's basically a more intricate, nuanced map of collision risk, which is far more accurate than just sticking a, a circle around the nest. So, so Megan, just uh, for my reference, are, are the, um, the turbine operators or the companies that are working with this, within the space, are they open to the conversation at least? Yeah, they are. And actually, we, last year, um, in the last six months of last year, we, we ran this model and we produced maps for um, 13 proposed developments. So, well, that's great, and it shows that they are open to it, um, although that's still a, a small fraction of, of the proposed developments in the country. So hopefully now that our, our work has just been published, or the, the sort of technical paper behind all of this work was published in the Journal of Applied Ecology this week, and, and now that that's out, we're really hoping that there's a much greater uptake of, of the model and the methods. Dr. Megan Murgatroyd, biologist at the University of Cape Town, talking to what is described as a green, green dilemma. The creation of clean energy is uh, obviously a desirable, desirable environmental goal, but also healthy bird populations is a desirable environmental goal. So what are the environmental and detrimental counter effects when we look at the green, green process? 722.